Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, Reiki Master Energy Teacher, Medium, and author of my newest book in a trilogy, A New Life Awaits, Spirit Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening, which shares messages and stories from spirit that show us our challenges are not merely economic, political, or societal, but a disconnect from our true being or soul in a wisdom. And I am delighted today to welcome Carrie Hummingbird, author of Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wound, which shows us the state of our world now has been touched by the suffering of women, many whom have developed victim mentalities which result in their being unable to love fully, often neglecting loved ones and even competing with their children for control and attention. Hello, Carrie, and thank you for joining us on Healing from Within. Hello, Cheryl. Thank you for having me on the show. You're welcome. And Carrie, as most listeners of Healing from Within are well aware, my guests and I share our intimate and insightful stories of awakening, transformation, and an understanding of soul life and its effects on our physical life journey and challenges. As we begin to remember that we are spiritual beings having a physical life in order to refine our energy and emotions and improve health, find prosperity, happiness, and purposefulness, we also discover we actually have the personal power to create and manifest our best lives. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Carrie Hummingbird guides women to courageously reclaim their power, wisdom, and voice by healing the mother wound so they can help mend the sacred hoop of humanity. Carrie, I always love to ask my intuitive and introspective authors and guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person, place, or event that may have signaled to them or others the interests, work, lifestyle they might pursue as adults. For I sense with I sense we are all born with a life plan, mission, and destiny, and it begins to present itself early on in life. So think back for a minute. And what comes to mind about your childhood? Yes, there was this um, television commercial that was on when I was a child, and I was born in 1969. And there was this commercial with this Native American man who was um, crying because he was seeing the devastation and the pollution on the planet. And that image so fully caught my attention. I could feel the ache in his heart as if it had been in my heart. And, and I knew that, that how this beautiful earth was being treated just wasn't, it wasn't right. I just knew it from being a child. And that connection with this, image actually was one of the earliest connections with an awareness of myself in a former life, which I've spent quite a bit of time 
up until now in this life, healing from that experience that I had uh, experienced on the Trail of Tears and watching um, many beloveds uh, be massacred and died along that trail and the loss of a culture, the loss of a way of, of being connected to the earth, that loss was um, a deep wound. And that is actually one of the wounds that Western culture has created and that what we're facing now in a larger sense is the need to reconnect with Mother Earth so that we can be whole again and know ourselves as um, part of this amazing consciousness of the planet. And as we reconnect with that idea that these Native American people held, um, we'll understand why it's so important to love, honor, and respect all of life, all beings, starting with ourselves. And so that's really what was one of the earliest things that I remember. Well, that's an extraordinary remembrance. And uh, I, like you, and probably many of the people listening to this show, do believe that we have had uh, past experiences in many dimensions of life, and that we carry that into this life with our soul and heart, remembrance, and wisdom, and we can merge what we try to do in past times and places again in a better way now in this time and place. So I think that that's a great story that you just told, and it's it's really a very truthful one. Now you also had, uh, I know because I read the book carefully, uh, some trauma in your childhood with your mother. And we're talking today also about women and their need to reach their full potential that has been altered uh, by false beliefs in the patriarchal system and uh, abuses to people just as much as to the earth. And those wounds have to be healed as well. So tell us something about your mother and your childhood because it also plays very deeply into the person you have always been and are becoming and are sharing knowledge with uh, people that are listening. So tell us something. Yeah, absolutely. I um, I experienced the mother wound very early as all of us have some experience of it. The way that I experienced it was um, my mother became pregnant with me without, she did not think she would be able to get pregnant. And so she was married to somebody in the summer of love. And uh, that time on the on, in American culture where there was uh, free love and expression and all of these um, expansions and boundaries and relationships and sexuality. And my mother was experiencing that and she also was the product of a Southern Baptist upbringing in Midwest Texas. So there was a big clash, you know, really in philosophies about life. And the person she chose to marry, um, my natural father, he also had a lot of um, trauma in his childhood. His mother was expressing her sexuality and learning about her sexuality and um not caring for him as a child in the process, like leaving him outside of hotel rooms and abandoning him and 
um, in hotel rooms for days on end while she visited with men, and, and it was very traumatic for him. So um, my mom, for whatever reason, that was her karma partner, and she created me from that union. And um, pretty soon when I was born, it was very quick that she realized that my natural father had so many unhealed psychological traumas that he was going to perpetuate abuse on me. So she did a very brave thing at that time. Um, she left him and she changed my name. She married another man and she got taken away from um, that, that situation. She was very and brave she, and she, courageous because I will tell you, many yeah. women stay in abusive situations and they don't protect their children against these uh these issues, which are pretty prevalent, more so than most people like to admit. So that's wonderful. She had that perseverance within her and persistence to know what was right and to, to protect you. That's great. She did. She did her best, and she's always been a warrior of love, and that's why I say in the book, my mother is a warrior of love. Now, you know, it took me a long time to get to that because, um, you know, the... The next stop she made on that, because at that time, you know, women really had, they couldn't just be on their own. You know, there wasn't a lot of money for women to earn money on their own to support their own household. So there was this idea, and, and it seemed very real, that women needed a man in order to provide for themselves and for their children. And so my mother did the natural thing that women at that time would do is go find another man. And this particular man she knew from work, and she he seemed to be, an awesome man, you know, seemed to be a very wonderful man. But then when she got home with him and got sort of in bed with him, so to speak, and we were, she was married to him, um, found out that he was actually, um, had a lot of anger management issues and was physically violent and emotionally abusive. And um, he tried to kill my mother in front of me, you know, and he beat her. Uh, whenever I would do something a child does that he was disturbed by, he would take my childlike behavior and use that as a weapon to punish my mother, thereby also punishing me. And so it was a very so, traumatic um, so pattern very, of abuse that got set so up. Very, very sad. And I, as an empath, when I hear such things, I feel it within my own body, and I just want to cry for all the abuse to the children and women that have gone on for ever, for centuries, because there is a misunderstanding of how God, in his wisdom and in oneness of being, sees all humanity and all loved ones. And we we are much more alike than different. And this sometimes religion has led us to believe uh, that the males are superior to the females. And I don't believe that was ever God's intent. I think it was man's need for power and control and money. And uh, it is changing somewhat, but we still have to work so much more on these issues. So what inspired you to write Love is Fierce? That book was inspired because I really had a, such a hard time communicating with my mother throughout my life because of these early patterns of abuse. And it seems like we could never understand each other. And it really felt like there could be so much more if I could figure out the key. 
And then my dad passed away, and my dad was always the bridge. He was always my, my stepdad, who my mom found after husband number two. Um, this man was amazing. He, he turned out to be just an amazing mentor for me. And my mom was very respected by him. He demonstrated a, a very healthy, masculine uh, connection to a female, so I'm really grateful for that. And he also helped me to communicate with my mother. He helped, He was the bridge between us. So when he passed away, we lost our bridge, and we had to fill in the gap. We had to do our work. And so I I thought, I don't want to lose my mother because I because my dad's not here. I need to do something to heal this, and I know I have the power within me because by now I've become an energy healer. I understand the power of consciousness. I understand the power of the story we tell. I understand um, that I am the story maker of my own life and that as I change that story and I become the person I know I can be, that my whole life around me will change. And so I dedicated myself for three years to doing really deep, introspective, shamanic healing and work with my coaches to to really heal those early childhood patterns in my brain and to, to really become aware of the story I was telling about my mom and shift that story and give it a potential for a new outcome. And I've got to say, like, I'm so grateful I did the work because well, it's, the biggest blessing from yeah, doing the Carrie, work is my Carrie, mom, you know? It, yes, and, and it's very obvious in your book that your one of your main messages is that we've all got to wake up to our relationship with the great goddess or Mother Earth and the infinite feminine wisdom because the great mother wound yes. really results from thousands of years of taking the masculine to a toxic extreme and the feminine the feminine mm-hmm. wisdom is rising powerfully now we need and we are healing this mother wound to align with our higher consciousness and the consciousness uh, of the beautiful mother that holds us so wisely and dearly and your book so reflects that now you say this is interesting because I say this too. <laughs> you are a messenger. Please explain that and when you became aware that you were answering the call to serve. You know, it was, I, I left my first marriage of 20 years. That was the marriage I had my children in. And within about six months, I was led to a shamanic training program. I started learning about energy healing and all of these things started to open up for me, my intuition. And very quickly, I got the message, start writing and document your entire journey because you're going to chart the course out of madness. <laughs> I was like, okay, I, I'm going to chart the course out of madness. That's so funny because, <laughs> so. because I got the same message to journal everything that <laughs> happens because one day you will look back and see how far you have come and how much good you've done in the world. So I I heeded that message. I said, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, I started to have a lot of metaphysical events happening that could not be answered by my mind. It, ha- it went mm-hmm. deeper, and I said, well, I, I answer this call, and I will carry uh, this understanding <laughs> as far as I can across the field, carrying the ball all the way to the goalpost. I don't know why that reference it came into my mind, but, that, but that's what <laughs> came into my mind. And I've, and I've done it for the last 25 years, as you, and we are so much, uh, it is a great gift 
to have the wisdom uh, uh, of the universal understanding of creation and who we are as spiritual beings having a physical life and to know uh, that so much exists in so many realms of life and there really is no death there's only transition so I, I love the story that you told about white buffalo calf woman who helped you channel this book so please tell us about that Yes, White Buffalo Calf Woman is uh, actually a messenger of the Lakota people. And there's a legend where she appeared to the Lakota and um, she set in right relationship how one should be treating a woman <laughs> from the scouts that met her. And then she taught the people many different um, sacred traditions that are still practiced today. And so when I, when she came to me, I was surprised because I, I, ha I do not practice um, Lakota wisdom. I'm aware of it, and I've had um, connection with it, but I am not um, in that tradition, so I was surprised. And, you know, kind of like when a goddess comes and asks you to write a book, you say yes. <laughs> so I said yes. I said, okay, well, there's something here that needs to flow through me, and I see the purpose of it. And really, White Buffalo Calf Woman is here to awaken that divine um, feminine connection back inside of our hearts of where we can be in sacred communion with Mother Earth through ceremony and yes. ritual and, and um, active prayer. And so that's really what she's teaching. Yeah, and it's true. When you become a person who walks in prayer, you're constantly aligned to all the souls, guides, higher vibrational beings, and teachers, angels who work with you. And you, you, you become aware of all the coincidences, synchronicity, you hear or feel the messages, you react differently to the need, your own needs and to the needs of other people. And that's what she was. And the reason she may have come to you is because you said when you were very young, you had this uh, vision or dream or impression of this uh, Indian messenger or guide. So you were connected somehow from the beginning to what was going to come next, right? Yes, I've always felt called. I've always felt a call to indigenous wisdom. I do have Native um, Cherokee, Native American Cherokee in my heritage, and I'm still working to get my specific place on the rolls, but it's uh, sort of like family legend at this point, and... And this other lifetime that I've had um, has come through strongly since I visited the Cher Cherokee Mountains um, in 2014. I asked for some support, and I received a soul retrieval spontaneously from a person that was working at um, the place I visited. And uh, I just talked to him the other day, and I said, he said, I haven't heard from you in a while. And I said, yeah, well, it took me on about yeah, six years to integrate that soul retrieval you did for me. <laughs> you know, like it's a, kind of a lot, you know, and he kind of chuckled. So, you know, this is, <laughs> it was a gift that he did for me yes. to support we, me in, in what he knew I we needed. We meet many people along our path who give us little bits and pieces of the puzzle because the destiny and plan for us has been written. And as sometimes if we mm -hmm. veer off course, someone comes in and just with a word or looking at us or a song or whatever puts us back on path. Now you talk about the age of Aquarius um, and, and the words um, are wise women support 
and teach new mothers how to hold a compassionate, loving presence for our children. And this is, this is going to be very important in the age of Aquarius, which we have just recently entered. And the words we're going to speak come from wisdom that's truly earned from direct experience. You and I have functioned for a long time now through direct experience and not from outside authority but from inner authority and it has become a great gift for us and for our people listening today you you just have to be in the silence you just have to observe meditate, pay attention observe and see each person as unique as you are and as good as you are and those thoughts will take us to correcting many of the sad problems that we have been carrying for way too long. Now, you mentioned having earth amnesia. What are some highlights <laughs> from your journey to remember? See, we're really remembering yes. all the time more and more who we, we are. We are remembering. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so what, are, what is yeah. earth amnesia? You know, earth amnesia is really where you don't remember who you are in truth and you basically think that you're the person that you grew up as yes. or the name you had and the the story that was told about you. And as I went walking along through life, according to that story, at some point it gets uncomfortable for just about everybody I know. And for me, it was the signs of the discomfort with it was that I was starting to abuse alcohol. I was um, having depression. I was drinking um, too much alcohol, like I said, and I was also taking those pills, those not feeling pills, those SSRIs, and um, and I by now I had landed a couple diagnoses, you know, as mentally unstable. And well, well, thought, so much. At some point, don't, don't you know? worry about labels because very sensitive, yeah. gifted people experience this yeah. depth of feeling, and they really there's nothing wrong with them it's just their soul seeking answers to questions that will guide them to develop their full potential so that's what you were doing and uh, it was necessary Mm -hmm. for you perhaps to have some of those things happen Uh, but that's not very very important but what is important is there has been an inability of men to recognize the equality of women And that has been part of human history, and it seems since the beginning of life on earth. And you write, Kerry, for centuries women have been falsely conditioned to think that they are lower than men and that the way to please God is to subjugate yourself to men's control, that the way to survive in the world is to get a man and keep him. Kerry is now remembering when her grandmother, who was trained in the Southern Baptist beliefs, told her that the Bible says women serves man. Carrie, you were repulsed by that statement and hurt, and so am I. And, and by the way, much in the Bible was not written and given by God. It was written by men who had a need to live their life story and create what was good for their, you know, for living the way they wanted to live. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. there's a really interesting thing I learned um, recently because my stepdaughter, she got her first moon. And 
so I never celebrated my first moon. My mom didn't celebrate that. She didn't really know how. So, you know, she just kind of said, here's some pads and that was it. You know, I never really had a conversation about the spiritual meaning of it or the significance of it as a woman. So when my stepdaughter um, had hers, I thought, well, let's celebrate this. And so we, we did a sweat. We did a sweat lodge just for her and, and um, a local shamaness, like, helped me organize it. And we, we all shared our stories. And one of the things the shamaness said was so fascinating to me. She said, Carrie, why do you think that women are not allowed into a sweat lodge with men when they're on their moon cycle? And I said, because men are sexist. <laughs> she said, no, Carrie, that's not why. I said, well, why then? And she said, because women have so much power on their moon cycle that if they, if a woman in a, on her moon cycle, just one woman on her moon cycle goes into a sweat lodge, all the men will have to lie down. <laughs> that's how powerful she so is. Put them all to sleep. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that's that a just great... really turns a corner for I'm, me. <laughs> I'm really happy to hear that. I, I didn't think of it in that way, but now I do, and I understand it quite well. And uh, I think uh, women and men both have female and male energy. And when we use it in conjunction for good, it works for the, to the best of everybody's you know, ability to live a joyful and happy life. So I, I don't think one is better than the next. I don't think any duality is better, you know, rich, poor, boy, girl. I think it's just a way to bring us to uh, the midline to understand that everything is good and has possibilities and we want to be balanced. And everything for me is, is that way. So what would you like readers to take away after reading Love is Fierce and your new book, The Second Wave? You know, I would most like people to realize that the best way through life is to allow, accept, and embrace everything that's happening because through that process, even if it's something you think, gosh, this is terrible and I don't like it, there could be some really pivotal realization on the other side of allowing, accepting, and embracing it that can open your perspective and make you so happy that it happened the way it happened. So I feel like shifting our perspective seeing from different angles is really the powerful way to live. And it's, um, you know, it's one of the, the key ingredients to healing those relationships that are so stuck. Um, rather than walking away or giving up or slamming doors or, which is, you know, or ghosting or now people can just click on, you know, unfollow or block. You know, it's like we've gotten in this culture of discarding people. Yeah, it's so sad. And I would really love for us to strengthen our ability to stay in relationship and learn through that relationship. Yeah, and I think somewhere in the show at the beginning of the show I said, if you look at people, there's goodness in everyone and uniqueness. And then you stop this anger and you can find a way to communicate. There are many ways to communicate. And the better communicator you mm -hmm. become, the higher your soul energy rises. You will take that with you uh, when you leave this lifetime. So I want to thank you, Carrie Hummingbird, author of Love is Fierce, for helping us move past the amnesia created for many at birth of our unique divine essence or soul connection to the oneness of life and to our personal ability to move past fears and restrictions of the physical world that often taint 
and hides our abilities to live with love and self-respect until we once again remember our divine potential. To purchase this book, go to motherwoundbook.com. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, we have discovered how many mothers of today Due to the need to move past the harm of centuries done to children, have begun to heal their children because we love them, often more than ourselves. They are the reason we will finally face and heal the mother wound within. Carrie and I and many others are now the kind of mothers who can do for their kids what they always wanted to receive from their own mothers. They want to listen and show unconditional love. They've said some pretty rough things to me, things that I never would have been brave enough to say to my mother. And I and we can listen and guide them as best as we could. We have humbled ourselves rather than force our wills. We have learned, to con- we have learned not to control them or manipulate them. We have discussed how vital it is that you know yourself as strong, wise, and capable. And this is the new age of Aquarius, where the Divine Feminine rises, and we embrace the Divine Mother as a teacher. Carrie wrote, This is the mother wound that medicine women today bear the brunt to heal on behalf of humanity. The family is still operating from the painful conditioning, even as we are healing the mother wound within ourselves. We pass on the mother wound before we are aware we are doing it, and then we work through the patterns and the shadows in ourselves and our children and families at the same time. Projection runs rampant, Blame divides us into sides, and the pain is unbearable, so we leave each other. That's just what you were saying before, and it's what's happening politically across the world now, right? It's what's happening right now, and this is what we have to learn. New perceptions, new ways to love everyone. Carrie and I would have you remember uh, to support women, and yes, men have at this critical time in the spiritual evolution of humanity, they must have the capacity with us to see the bigger picture of the evolution of our species and have the grace and compassion uh, so no one's soul is mirrored in the mud of the mother wound and struggling to free themselves from the falseness of the collective untruth and dysfunction. We will move beyond to love and to a greater balance of energies. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within, and I invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to read about and listen to visionaries, spiritualists, scientists, medical professionals, psychologists, many people, and those in the arts and music also, explore the human and divine connection in order to know truth and to improve life in all dimensions and aspects. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.